0: here
1: we go here we go it's just RTT RTT right dad and Mike, 61. flying 61 flying duo duo. flying duo Uh, number 61 rogue table talks doing this over a year Uh, and uh, I don't know if you're nostalgic for the beginning of rogue table talk uh do you rem- I don't know if I remember the first episode exactly. Uh, or uh, were, we, were we in the warehouse? We were. I think we were in the warehouse. Yeah. We're in the, the warehouse. Yeah. yeah. Right. And with you know, I don't know if we had you know my, microphones hooked up to some board of some sort or whatever. You know, it's a little more than a year ago. We're making it sound like it was you know the Oregon Trail, but um, <laughs> but anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about nostalgia uh, about. Uh, Nostalgia, looking back, returning, renewal. Um, so, and then kind of work our way into maybe some spiritual aspects of that, uh, and maybe even cultural aspects of it. Um, so, I, let me start with: Are you a are you a nostalgic person? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your relationship to nostalgia? Oh, that's good. Um. I, I'm not, I'm not
0: consistently a nostalgic person, but I do have seasons, um, or moments will break through where I feel very nostalgic, and I don't even know what. I, I, I imagine that feels differently for different people. Like maybe they like the feeling. Uh, it just makes me really sad.
1: <laughs> uh, right? Yeah uh because yeah, I, is you're you're grieving a time gone by or you're the loss of something right yeah yeah it
0: it feels um for me it feels like a loss of oh do you remember that that won't happen again and so there's a huge <laughs> loss there for me that's just how i i experience it like <laughs> those that was so i i don't ever come out to the other side of like oh what a sweet time i just think oh that sucks it's gone forever <laughs> Remember that happy time? That's over. <laughs> that's over. Time to put big boy pants on. Yeah, so that's, oh, that's that, funny. That's what I how I feel it. And uh do you think I'll other affect, people feel it differently? Uh maybe. I don't know. Maybe they feel maybe they feel it with a sense of um hey. That was so good. We have to recreate that or we have to mm-hmm. go back to that. Like, can we do that Perfect. again?
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah. We um, probably should talk about that. Yeah. 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 think yeah, mean,
0: I, people I, just have a disposition towards, like, maybe it just says something more about me than nostalgia. Maybe people look back and they think, oh, my gosh, that was such a wonderful time. And they're, they're grateful. Um, that's just a good thing for them. And they're happy about it. Um, and I think for me, I just go to oh, there's so much loss
1: of yeah whatever that was for me. Yeah, you can't go back. We won't right. go back. It's over. Yeah, I don't think I experience it exactly like that, although that's somewhat, I mean, I understand what you're saying because there's a there's a bittersweet nature to to something. If I'm nostalgic for it, it's, um, yeah, those were great times. I'm glad I had them. -hmm. I like thinking about them. It's a little sad that it's in the past, so it's a bit mixed, maybe. Um, And I partly, I think, as I've gotten older, I've maybe a little bit more that maybe there's more life in the past. But part of me has recognized that um, I don't know. I think when I was younger, I thought the law was, you know, whatever these good times are, are just going to last forever, even Mm -hmm. though that's not rational i didn't actually think that rationally or mathematically i just sort of assumed and then after you go through some seasons okay you realize that's that's not true you experience it uh and maybe at some point you look back and go i'm glad i'm gonna try to appreciate these things as they come along knowing this will end and i will be looking back on it so maybe that's kind of where i'm coming from more a little bit more of you know, yeah, I'm glad we took that Tolkien class together, and we went to you know Granite City, you know GCB after all those classes, and uh, that was great. It was a great experience. I'm glad we did it. I treasure those memories. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mean you, you never know, um, but so it's a it's kind of bittersweet. Like it, yeah, I'm glad we did that. I'm glad I didn't let that time go past yeah. and not take advantage of it. Maybe.
0: Well, I, I feel like, yeah, I, to me, um, that sounds like, If I, I don't mean to make a judgment call, but it sounds like a more balanced experience if it can bring you a sense of focused presence in the present of mm-hmm. this helps me understand that that is the experience of all of life and to appreciate things in the moment or as they come because uh, it is like sand through your fingers, but if you can appreciate it and be present and be grateful in the moment, um, then you're really doing all you can um, to be, to live the fullness of mm-hmm. you know, life here. So yeah, that, I, I like that.
1: Yeah. But I, and I also think, so that's maybe, you know, hopefully a a more balanced or positive look at it. There are times when I think things are not great in my present and maybe mm-hmm. that causes me, or uncertain or anxious, and that causes me to look back to a time when I don't remember feeling this anxiety or whatever. Is that, you know, so in the words that that kind of makes nostalgia something that uh, it's almost an escape uh, from? Well, I think that's that. true. I'm not a nostalgician, nostalgician. But... Love it. That does I happen to be a certified <laughs> nostalgia. But anyway, go ahead.
0: Someone looked that up for us because <laughs> um, if I had, if I had to say there was a trigger for nostalgia, I would argue it's that it's it's um, something in the present feels destabilizing. I mean, right now I'm nostalgic for you know six months ago, for one mm-hmm. year ago, because I'm in a new place, everything's new, everyone's new. I feel very nothing feels like it's home. So, I'm longing for a time when I felt like things were home. You know what I mean? But that's mostly triggered because my experience right now is very destabilizing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... So, it might be a sense of, okay, this really isn't about the past. It's really about my present. Like, you know, how am I thinking about it or how should I be thinking about it? Um, Yeah, because I'm even... I'm I'm looking at your, your John Calvin thing on the shelf there. Yes, In, my remember, John Calvin remember, Bible, remember. Bible. Yeah, you gave me one of those, and I just, oh, I remember that. That's, yep. that was cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> but is yeah, so I think it's interesting. It, so it doesn't mean, it's not nostalgia bad or nostalgia good. Uh, there's a, There's just a sense of you can appreciate something and remember it fondly, and at some level like to repeat it and realize it's not going to repeat. Um, I mean, it's not like we went to, you know, uh, some, you know, national park and we had a great time and I can look back and think about that and go, oh, that was fun. Cause I might go to a national park again, yeah. but if I'm nostalgic for when my, uh, you know, son ran cross country in high school or my daughter played soccer in high school or if my son played football in high, in high school, there's this, I, I'm not going back. That's that's something that's over, Uh, but I can look back on it fondly and I can remember that uh, and maybe be glad I participated in it it, um, and and have it be sort of a bittersweet, like the realization that I won't go back uh, is there, but it's tempered by, but I have, you know, I have relationships with those people now. Um, And so I think that's partly the... You know, can I can I not have it be a, an escape from a present? And then then I then I sort of glorify the past, like yeah, right, right. yeah. Which I, I'm
0: assuming you're going to dive into make some type of link, uh, or you might not be, but I, I might push you there uh, a link between the danger of nostalgia um, on an individual level and maybe even on a um, a cultural, national level or racial level or something of yes you know it's an escape but it's also a those um those were the good days and we've got to get back there do you you remember um midnight in paris owen owen yeah. wilson yeah owen, owen wilson yeah is it yeah one of one of the wilsons yeah i, I think it was um I was but but basically they're trying to go back to this golden age it's golden Time, and the woman in the plays in the story, she wants to be there, and uh, she finds. I think it's Paris in the twenties or something like that. Hemingway and, and all the artists. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, she doesn't want to be in the present. And he, 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 this is really the whole point of the movie, a great part. And he just says, basically, well, of course, because the present's always a little unsatisfying. And you know, it's it's almost like that can trigger this she wanted to make an action to do something about it to live in the past. But you can also try to have an action to drag the past into the present, which almost does some type of violence to history and potentially to the people you're around right now. I don't know. What do you think about
1: that? Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think if you glorify the past, then you denigrate the present, and then you perhaps are tempted not to live in the present or to try to repeat. And, you know, we've had this with... Uh, I mean, I've talked to a number of different people who, um, you know, they come to church and they are in a small group, but it doesn't matter. They're nostalgic for this first small group they had when they were newly married and everyone there was newly married and they just became best friends uh, before they had kids and before anybody in the group had kids and so on. And it was a different place and whatever. And how can we have that here? And I kind of tried to gently say, you're never going to have that again. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> That that was not just a small group. It was a period of your life. Yeah. And I'm glad you had that. But, you know, you're now in your mid-30s and you have kids and the people in the small group you have are going to get kids and, you know, you're not going to sp- spend life together in the same way. So what's a new way to live in the present now? You know, what is what does community look like now? That's different than that. Cause you really can't go back and replace that. Cause you were in a different stage of your life. And it almost prevented them from having what they longed for now, because they were trying to reproduce something from, you know, 10 years prior and they were sort of blaming the church or blaming their group or the people in their group. And, and so I don't, I don't, Remember exactly what it, what they end up doing. I think this particular uh, couple or family, you know, went somewhere else because I think they were trying to reproduce this thing. And that's the I, to me that's a danger of, of mis- yeah.
0: You're always you you either try to take some type of experience and force the present into it and make everyone fit this mold again, or you're always comparing to that. You remember that that was my first church that was my i don't know first girlfriend that was my this was how it happened this is how it has to happen and then you really can't accept the present on its own terms and i just think it's a it's it's true that people and organizations and churches included you have to continue to i know people are scared of the word but have to continue to evolve and adapt and accept the present on its own terms because hist- we're not going backwards Right. I don't think God wants us. I don't think God actually wants us to go backwards either. I think we hold on to truth and we continue to figure out and use wisdom and creativity and innovation of how to continue to share that truth as the as the world changes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, and the reason we're talking about nostalgia in particular um, is uh, comes from the first part of the book of Ezra um, and. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Ezra and Nehemiah and this whole idea of sort of returning renewal, returning, rebuilding, and, you know, kind of where we are, the story of God's people is, you know, they were, they were, you know, called up to be God's people. He brought them out of Egypt, you know, Moses and the law and the promised land, you know, the wilderness was in there too, but they bring promised land. And, uh, and then they, you know, they, 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 built the temple. Uh, and then they, of course, they turned away from God, idolatry and so on. And eventually there's judgment. The land is taken away. The temple's destroyed. They're taken into captivity. This is really at the end of that period where they're going back. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's a miraculous thing because they had no, no way back. There was no way they could get themselves back. Uh, it had to be totally a God thing. The king one day says, "Hey, you all people can go back," uh, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, and so they go back. Ezra, uh, the book of Ezra is one of the books that talks about that, uh, and uh, so Zerubbabel I think is is uh, one of the leaders that you know leads the first group back, and and they rebuild the temple. You know, they get God provides stuff for them, and people donate, and the kings seal on the letter says you know you can go and get cedar and whatever and so to build the temple Um, and in ezra 3 starting in verse 10 uh, we read and when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the lord the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets and the levites the sons of asaph with cymbals, to praise the lord according to the directions of david king of israel And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of fathers' houses, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundations of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy. So that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. I mean, what a poignant Hmm. picture of, on the one hand, the younger people who only knew captivity and only knew the promised land and the temple as something from their past, something they'd never experienced and it you know although although god had promised they'd be in captivity for 70 years it you know it looked like they could be in captivity forever and uh and you know they're restored they're back in the land they're, they're rebuilding the temple and they're going to be able to have their identity their law and their land and their temple and be god's people and they're shouting for joy at the same time the ones who saw the first temple which was bigger which was greater probably mm-hmm they were sad because it's it's not what it was and it's never going to be what it was Uh, and that's just i mean there's grief and there's joy in the same moment in the same crowd of people so i think there's a lot there for us to sort of ponder i mean part of the nostalgic conversation was that pondering um but do we have that now and um What do we do with that? What do we say to the weepers, you know, if you will, Uh, or I don't know, that's the sort of thing where, yeah, we're not going back to the way it was, but we legitimately can celebrate where we are now. Uh, We can be nostalgic for the old temple and we can be grateful that we have have a temple at all, you know, Mm -hmm. and both of those things can be true at the same time in the same group of people. Uh, and I kind of feel like there's a little picture of the current church in there somewhere, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, do probably you... probably a picture of the current church.
0: There's probably a picture of the church during COVID and um, people starting up to church again. Some people are, I'm assuming it's the experience of the average church goer that some are really exuberant when they go to in-person services for the first time and I'm but also assume that some people are probably sad like oh that's um it's, it's a, little a little disappointing little,
1: yeah this is different you know? this isn't what it was like yeah yeah and even bef- so that experience where some people maybe are excited of hey it's great to be able to experience church and, and god's people and god's mission in a in a in a digital networked way in this digital universe where uh you know i see more and more god's people gathering digitally and, um, celebrating and worshiping and whatever, and finding community, uh, and you know, there might be some who, you know, whose experience was gathering or just like, you know, a physical small group. And both of those things can be true in some way. Um, so I think that's kind of what you're saying, but I also think maybe more like in a larger scale that for people who maybe grew up in the church, we can Mm -hmm. legitimately look back at a time when um, maybe the church felt more influential, or uh, the church was more highly thought of or whatever. And that actually can be true. And yet, here we are. And you know, what is what is the church supposed to be now? Uh, regardless of what it was in the past. Um, I think we're sort of at an inflection point in, in our culture or in our history, where that's a legitimate thing. Um, you know, I don't think we need to say, hey, stop thinking about the past. Stop thinking about the old temple. It's fine to yeah. think about the old temple, right? Uh, but also, don't let that don't let that get in the way of the miracle of God returning you to the land and supplying you with the ability to build a new temple, which you wouldn't have had before. Like both of those things can be happening at the same time, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. You know, people look back and say, well, um, the Ten Commandments in schools, prayer in schools. Right. uh, That America wasn't secularized. Um, It was more Judeo-Christian values seemed to be assumed. And a lot of people um, grew up with that. Um, that won't be the experience of the next generation. Um, I don't I don't think. I don't think there'll be a massive... Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I, I don't... There may be revival. Who knows? But I don't... I mean, the way the culture's going, I don't think there'll be a legislated return to what it was. So, um, yeah, I think that's... I de- definitely think that's part of it. I think the danger we get into, because, you know, you and I both took the Enneagram. We both taught some of the Enneagram. One of the gifts of it is letting us know how many different people are, how many different people are out there, how different people process things, how different people feel or think um, about things. So the danger I think is two dangers with nostalgia or the past and the present is to um, not, uh, you know, be honest with what's really going on inside of you. And if you want to weep, weep, or if you want to shout for joy, shout for joy. Right. Uh, so that's one of the dangers is, is to suppress or to filter out what your actual experience is. The other danger I think is to take your experience and to place it on someone else's and moralize it say, well, I'm excited and you're grieving, but you're wrong.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or right. I'm grieving and you're excited, but you're wrong. You see yeah. what I mean? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's right, because I do think, I think the tricky business is there's there's cause for grief and for joy, both in the past and the present, and we can legitimately look at both, because I do think you look back at the period of history where, you know, there was prayer in school and all that sort of stuff. Um, there was legitimate advantages. They were also legitimate disadvantages to that, because there was probably more hypocrisy. There's probably a lot of ways in which the in which Christianity was misrepresented because it was a cultural phenomenon and not an actual spiritual transformational thing. Um, and both those things can be true. Um, and uh, and we can sort of look back on that. Um, we can look back on it fondly, or we can look back on it as, boy, that was, not, that was not very good. I'm glad we're not there anymore. And both people can be sort of right in some way. And... Um, you know, if, if, if that was a world in which you felt super comfortable, um, then, you know, it's fine to say, boy, I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, I think the reality is now, and this is a question I ask when I, when I teach on culture is, which you want prayer in schools restored? Um, and it's an interesting question, because I think for some people who are in that camp, the, re, the, the knee-jerk reflect, uh, reflective answer is, well, of course, that was better. And there's some usually discussion around there, and then they ask me what I think, and I say, no, I wouldn't, uh, because we wouldn't have the same prayer in school now that we had 50 years ago. What Mm -hmm. prayer in school would you actually get now? It wouldn't be any sort of prayer that I would approve of. You know, it would be, I would rather have no prayer than some sort of blasphemous, you know, sacrilegious Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, which we would be very likely to get now because you can't bring the past, like that's gone. Whatever, good for good, all the good, all the ill, that's in the past. We're in a different place now. And uh, and yet we you know, we tend to, so for some people, like that prayer in school means bringing that world back, which that world is gone, whether we have prayer in school or not. Um, and I think that that's a sense in which, okay, what am I called to now? Like, what does my temple look like now, regardless of how it compares to the past? And uh, that's sort of our it's sort of our challenge. And I think that's a that's a that's a great question. That's, there's nothing wrong with thinking about the past, thinking about what worked in the past, what was good, what was bad, having nostalgia, having grief, having joy, and then saying, okay, what does this look like now? That seems to me fundamentally different from you know, the people in the wilderness saying, Hey, well, let's go back to Egypt. Cause at least we had food there. Right. Yeah. yeah I think that, so. That's a, that's a sort of like distorting, completely unhealthy. Like you're forgetting all the horrible parts of being in Egypt because it's, because you're hungry right now, uh, or, or you're tired of manna or whatever, whatever the situation was. Uh that to me, you're never so you're put you're set up in a possible situation. You can't go back. And even if you could, you'd be unhappy back there because you forget why you left mm-hmm. and you're not happy now. And so having some falsely rosy view of the past, because they were in slavery and you know, the pharaoh said to kill all the firstborn males, just in case you forgot what it was like when you <laughs> lived there, you know. <laughs> right (laughs) you were making bricks with no straw uh and you know and it seems like five minutes later they're like hey let's go back there at least we had onions just you know to season our food with uh and i think that's the sort of stuff that's not really nostalgia i think that's just um that's just a angry discontent with the president looking for some escape towards some fake past that that past didn't exist for us people. And I think we can do that now. Some people can do that now. I wish we could go back to whatever. Uh, when, okay, I'm not sure if you were alive back then, you would have experienced it as that great of a thing. And you can't go back. So, you know, it's it's a dangerous thing to do and you, it's impossible to do anyway. I don't know, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think, you know, when we talk about God being a God of um, past, present and future and um, I think that's true and and yet it seems that when when Jesus comes and he teaches and he um, performs miracles and you know signs and, and healings and he ministers to the poor and the spiritually destitute um, you know, he basically says uh, you know I saw Abraham's day I'm thinking of John 8 You know, Mm -hmm. I saw Abraham's Mm -hmm. day and I said, you're not 50 years old. And he says, well, before Abraham was, I am. So there he's holding the past intention, Mm -hmm. but he's bringing it into the present. And I do think that one of the ways we help ourselves move from, you know, a sense or a healthy sense of nostalgia into the present is to realize that God usually is inviting us into something new, something forward, something now, something fresh. And it is it is hard to accept that for past-oriented people. It's hard to accept that when there was a lot of comfort and insulation uh, back there whenever that it was. Yeah, that's really And good. the new is hard. And the new is different and the new is well I don't experience God like that now. So how does that work? What's he inviting yeah. me to?
1: Like right? Um I think I that's think a great point. I think that's, yeah, I think, you know, what. so one of the dangers of this sort of nostalgic view, if if overdone, is you you forget that you're in a story, that you weren't meant to stay on chapter three of the story. I mean, that was never the plan, that you're going to get to chapter 30, and and then that book's going to close, and a whole other book's going to open, and God's moving us into the future. You know, and if we were in, you know, captivity as God's people, the only way... You can't get to the promised land by going backwards in time. You can only get there by going forward. And they end up getting there, you know. Um, And that's so God's got some forward movement for us that we might sabotage if we're not open to his movement and what he wants to do and where he wants to take us. Uh, uh, Mm. And I think that's a great, that's just a great point that, uh, you know, he's got some forward movement to take us in. And are we, are we, you know, are we able to be on board? Are we that, going and there? to move Resisting forward with it. That? You
0: know, you reminded me of something else. With with, with people now, it's pretty part, pretty part and parcel with pastors and theologians to talk about the unity of the scriptures and the continuity. And it's all mm-hmm. one story and it's all connected. It wasn't about 15 years ago. Uh, it was a lot of piecemeal stuff. But people talk about oh, Eden. You know, we started in Eden. Um, some people, I think, start with the wrong foot and they start to talk about, well, we're g- making a return to Eden. But you really don't see that uh, in the book of Revelation. You actually see Eden amplified. You see Eden um, built on and uh, uh, architects you know, and creators, they're taking this and now it's a city and
1: they're
0: still having a new earth. There's the trees, the trees are there for the healing of the nations, but now it's all developed and evolved and it's become this one large, beautiful thing. So it's, it's from a garden to a city. So I think, I think we're onto something here with God is inviting us forward. Obviously we don't forget the past, but we, but we also don't, um, have toxic nostalgia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where we're just, that's the best. And that was it. And there's, you know, we got to move forward.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way. I mean, that's really what redemption is. It's yes, there was a fall, and yes, that's bad, uh, and yes, that brought a lot of bad things. But redemption doesn't take you back to the garden. It takes you forward to a place you wouldn't have gotten to before. Like redemption is something. It doesn't just move you back, and it doesn't. It doesn't just rewind the tape to before you. Before you sinned it carries you forward sin and all to a new place that redemption mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that, you know, that, now where your sin is redeemed, where you are, are, are part of participating in redemption. And I think that forward movement is, uh, you know, I think that's required because I think we're wired to move forward. Uh, and I think that, that right now the current cultural wave is, a, is really an anti-nostalgic wave. It's mm-hmm. in all cases, when we look back at the past, horrible. All those people were horrible. You know, let's, you know, erase all of them. Right. Uh, and there's actually some truth to, yeah, if you look back at any real people, there's really bad things about them. Um, but perhaps they helped move history forward in some way that we can be thankful for, even as we recognize their their faults. And I think that's the same way for us, as we can be in healthy places or unhealthy places we can look back with shame at parts of our spiritual life where we weren't really healthy. We can look back with shame because, because we're in a better place now. We don't want to think about that bad place or we can look, you know, we're in a bad place and we, we look back on a better place and we have shame because we're not in the better place. And instead of, okay, I'm in this story, I'm, I'm moving and whatever's happening, God is working to redeem it. Just like he redeemed mm-hmm. God's people. I mean, they totally screwed the plan up. Totally. Right? They were in the promised land. They had the temple. They, I mean, they did everything they could to make it look like the promise was dead, but God, God redeems it. Uh, and so there's a sense in which we can look back and see redemption, or we can look back and see loss only. And that's what you see yeah. here, weeping and grieving, weeping and uh, cheer, and, uh, and uh, crying for joy. I think that's an important um, uh, individual point. And I, I
0: would argue that's an important cultural point. If we can't look at our own individual history and our own national, uh, whoever we are, history, if we fail to integrate everything that we have done or not done or happened or happened to us, if we fail to integrate that into the present and into the future in a way that we pivot on it and use it for good, um, it's actually, I believe, we'll become smaller people. And I believe we won't really grow into the maturity that we are supposed to. We can't we can't erase who we were. We can't erase what 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 we did. And I don't think God means us to. Right. You know, it's 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 Augustine who his commentary on Romans eight twenty eight that says God works all things together for good. And then Augustine added his own parenthesis, which was even our sins, mm-hmm. even our flaws and our failures. God can redeem those and is redeeming those and will redeem those. So I don't think it's um I think it's not in our best interest to say well, that part of my past, um, it's tainted. So that, that
1: wasn't me. I I think that that denies redemption that God wants to work all things good and bad for for our good. And if we look back and we, you know, we look at ourselves even to just forget the past. We look at a former version of ourselves and we either can say, well, I was horrible then all bad, which isn't true. Um, and yeah, and so I'm all good now. Like I've, I finished the journey. Um, and you sometimes hear people talk like this. Well, I just look back at my past self and I was, I was so messed up. And now I'm, I'm grateful that I'm not. <laughs> I mean, they say it better than that, but that's basically what they're saying. Uh, or, yeah, I'm, so, I'm yeah. <laughs> so, so that, and that denies obviously their brokenness now. And I kind of feel like there's a bit of that culturally going on where we deny our own brokenness. The people who want to erase the past are, are, are not aware that they're going to be erased in in thirty years by their own lives. I was
0: going to say it also it also assumes that 30 years from now, I'm going to look at my life and think, ah, I figured it all out. Or that I wouldn't have done the very same type of evil in a different way.
1: Right. Yeah. And then yeah, or you look back and think, well, I was great. And so you're, you know, the whole thing of it's if we're going to really live in a redemptive story, we have to recognize that things need to be redeemed. Things about us need to be redeemed. Things about our culture. Things about you know. It doesn't mean everything's bad because uh, some has been redeemed. It means there's a movement towards redemption, hopefully. And we can recognize that we're in that story. We can look back in some parts of the story more fondly than others, but the only way to achieve redemption isn't go back to right. some great experience. It's to, it's to go forward. Uh, and so, for us, what is looking, what is going forward look like? Um, You know what is what does that movement look like um so that's kind of what i've been thinking about i think that this passage in ezra sort of says that to me it sort of speaks to me and to our culture i'm a future focused person uh for the most part um and so i i sometimes can evaluate the present based on what i think the future will look like um which is not not great but i think sometimes a past focused person can evaluate the present based on what they think of the of the past. Yeah. Um, when really, I think we have to hold all of that intention, right? Past, present, future, move forward. Well, so
0: even to your point, we probably need to know who we are in that. Am yeah. I the, the past type person? Am I the future? Like, where do I need, what type of movement do I need to have to keep moving forward healthily? Do I need to remember more? Do I need right. to think forward
1: more? Yeah, right. I, and I think that's, I, I do think I, you know, probably, uh, have to think about how, how do I productively look at where, you know, the journey God has brought me on and that how do we then probably productively look backwards and see that. And there's probably something to be gained there that I would tend not to do. Yeah. Uh, and so other person might ask a, a different question, like, where is God leading me? Where is God taking me? Uh, and can I envision the future as being different uh, than the present or the past?
0: Um, well, I, I wonder if one, one closing thought from me anyways is, um, Look at how God. Look at how God did this. Uh, a bit of presumption to scratch into His mind, but He went from tabernacle, and then to temple, and then the rebuilding of the temple. But then there's a the destruction of the temple, and now there's the church. Right. And you see this this progression. We are the in our, We are the, yeah, we are the it's imperfect. Not what people. it was. It's oh, not what it good. was. And it's not going. It's not. We're not where we're gonna be. But this is how God
1: continues yeah. to grow the story. In- and can can we not look at the current temple, and weep and have, shout for joy at the same time? That's yeah, right. Yeah, for okay. sure. That was so that was so awesome on my part. I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's we can do that, and that's not like we don't have to do one or the other. We can do both, and that's okay because there's cause for weeping and there's cause for joy. And God can redeem the causes for weeping and lead us towards what redemption looks like. And so I think that's where I'll, you know, we'll leave it there. Like what journey of redemption are you on and how can you look back? How can you, how can you productively and helpfully weep and shout for joy at what God's doing and, and uh, from where he's brought you and and to to where he's going to bring you. Uh, So with those questions, I'll throw that out there and just grace and peace. Everyone we will see you next week. listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.